waiting is like very internalized for me um, and I ease it by trying to think about other people or you know stories that I've heard and kind of build the character in myself or realize that it's not waiting if I'm building in other things as well. But I think as I start to kind of embrace that concept of, okay, hey, this is a season of rest I need to enter into and I can fight it all I want, but I need it. And, and as I learn to embrace it, like I've only been healthier going forward, it allows me to enjoy life more because just in any given day, in any given week, you don't have to be on, you don't have to be performing. There doesn't have to be something I show at the end of the day to say, hey, I had this many points. It's definitely kind of a rewiring and a letting go, but you kind of start to fall into those healthy, almost natural rhythms that I think we were made to be in. You're listening to The Waiting Room Series, a collection of stories from people just like you from all walks of life who've taken their turn with patience. I'm your host, Libby Olerich, and today you'll hear from Nick Burnett and Chris Kinney, friends since childhood and natives of Louisville, Kentucky. I met Nick and Chris through mutual friends, and they were early supporters of an entrepreneurial venture I pursued for a couple years. Nick and Chris understand both the difficulties and rewards that come with truly living out the Christian lifestyle in the modern era. While Nick shares stories he has turned to as encouragement for pressing on, Chris offers invaluable metaphors you can keep in your back pocket for moments of self-reflection and counteracting the world's views of success. We talk about the time Nick waited in a boat for 36 hours in Peru and how Chris's career break taught him the importance of self-care and finding contentment outside the workplace. In this episode, we discuss why leaning too heavily on career goals can be both detrimental to our health and interactions with others. Our waiting seasons often lead us to check in with our motives for success, and practicing patience ultimately recenters our hearts to seek identity in the right areas outside our career and achievements. In a world that tells us to do more to win more, it is often that the struggle reminds us of our lack of control and that our purpose in life is not just about our own journey. This was a fun and insightful interview to record, and I hope you enjoy it just as much as I did. Nick and I met actually in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, We met in high school, and we've kind of had a (laughs) similar journey uh, going forward from there. But I I had a great Mm -hmm. family. Uh, We we lived in Louisville my whole life until I went away from college. Um, I have one sister uh, who's two years younger who now lives down here in Nashville as well. And as Chris said, I grew up in Louisville as well and met him in high school. Um, I actually, my my family doesn't live in Louisville anymore, um, but it is where I grew up until college. I've got uh, four brothers and sisters, two older and two younger, so I'm in the middle of five. And yeah, I went to college at Western Kentucky and then moved down to Nashville and actually, uh, Chris and I are still still rooming together well, after this many years. <laughs> Rally. Still, still best buds. I think it's 12 years now, oh, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. well, that's great. It's a while. Yeah. Um, so to get more specific, talk about your childhood. So what kind of families did you grow up in and what kind of expectations did you have early on about, you know, different, different areas of your life? So like career, what college you were going to go to? sort of thing? Uh, I grew up in a family that um, we had a horse barn and so um, 
spent a lot of my time just like being a little boy and running around and playing in uh, <laughs> in the barn and I don't know riding horses and um, just kind of learning I guess that some things I'm realizing that I learned at a young age kind of how to work hard um, and that things sometimes don't get done immediately um, and that I also realize even then probably that I'm impatient uh, for things to happen quickly um, but I think that I just kind of grew up in a in an environment where my parents let me explore uh, either our property or like test my limits in some ways too like just riding our horses around and going crazy with my older sister and like us getting bucked off and you know like just kind of uh, very open childhood to like the outside uh, and getting to have a lot of fun and all that um, while also having responsibility of taking care of those animals and then uh, also just have a really tight group of brothers and sisters um, we still talk all of us probably every single day via text on like our family group chat um, which is great but uh, yeah I think that kind of openness but also oversight from my parents allowed me to make decisions seemingly like they were on my own mm-hmm. uh, and kind of develop that skill and um, my parents tried to teach me how to work hard in the barn environment which sucked as a little kid having to like clean stalls and stuff but definitely see stuff like that later on in life play out in ways that you don't expect um so yeah it felt like a very free reign childhood but <laughs> turns out <laughs> turns out that i'm just realizing more and more how much my parents knew that i was up to no good you know like building hay forts and stuff or falling out of the hay barn and <laughs> They they always knew what was up, and I thought I was so mischievous, but I wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that ties in at all, but I'll probably figure that out in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get stressed out, just build a hay fort. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Go hide. Mm-hmm. Get on a pony and gallop off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? <clears throat> So for me, yeah, we had a, a close knit family. I um, <laughs> I'm quite an uh, achiever, I would say. So I did probably everything that there was to do. I like to joke that I'm a recovering productivity addict. So I played a lot of sports, played music, tried to uh, <laughs> succeed in school and, and do well. And um, just so many good lessons that I think you take out of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I'm realizing is really nice about sports that gets tough later on in life is there's there's a point system. So you know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Not only you know where you're at, but you know how you're getting better. And I think that um, we kind of crave that as people, like that measurement aspect of, hey, I'm better than yesterday. I ran a little bit faster or I, you know, I hit more free throws today than I hit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is a really good thing but I think also it can make times of a measurement like when you don't have a measurement or times where there's not necessarily a goal in mind uh, it can make it difficult yeah and I think that uh, it's definitely a double-edged sword that it's it's good to master it's good to have that drive but it's also you, you have to know when and you can't always kind of live 
in that high gear. So I, I've dealt with that on and off through my life as, as I'm learning about how do I pace myself, how do I find rest in the midst of working and mm-hmm. kind of have that balance. So definitely college um, was, was a learning experience from that. And then even once you get in the working world, there's a huge learning curve there. Yeah. Um, but that definitely is like stuff that shaped me, just being involved in a lot and trying to balance a lot. So. How does it feel to wait for you? As, as a productive person or someone that's like, you know, go, go, go. And then someone that's just kind of like, you work hard, but you, you, you know, you're free, free flow. Is it different? Is it, how, I mean, how does it? I think it's, it seems. Is probably, it different how you respond to waiting is what my question yeah, is. Yeah, I think it probably seems like it's a lot more free flow than it is in my mind. In my mind, um, I am probably a lot more, uh, thought out about every little thing that's happening outwardly than it seems um and so i think internally i the cog just kind of spins endlessly um of Mm -hmm. like thinking about the next thing um but externally i guess the way that i process waiting And the way that I've tried to figure out is how can I focus on what I'm in right now in order to maybe like see what I'm building towards in the end. So, and I think about uh, probably a lot of, uh, of different stories, like currently there's several things, you know, that I'm Mm -hmm. waiting or building towards. And I think about stories that kind of, I see where these people, um, were, or got to, mm-hmm. and then I zoom in on the time of their life that I'm in right now and think about, you know, the, either make it up or actually real stuff that they were going through and apply it to myself. So waiting is like very internalized for me. Um, and, but it's, I ease it by trying to think about other people or, you know, stories that I've heard and kind of build the character in myself or realize that it's not waiting if I'm building in other things as well. Uh, what are some examples of a couple of those stories? <clears throat> the current one that I'm thinking about a lot, uh, is it all right if I talk about the Bible on this? Of course. <laughs> um, the story of Joseph, um, not Mary's husband, but Joseph in uh, Genesis, um, son of Jacob, and he, uh, the guy, you know, who gets the multicolored coat, um, he has these massive dreams that are, you know, he actually Mm -hmm. dreams really big dreams. Um, and the way he goes about it, expressing these dreams is super arrogant. Um, and I see myself a lot in that as well. (laughs) Just, just sometimes you think so much of yourself, even if it's not outwardly expressed, it's internally, you know, if you have big dreams and uh, you want to accomplish really big things, um, you, st- you tend to start thinking about yourself in certain ways, which I think only end up, ends up leading to lower <laughs> waiting periods. And then you see in Joseph's life, like he expresses this stuff to his brothers in this extremely arrogant way. They get super pissed with him and annoyed with him over time. Then they plan on killing him, and then they, you know, decide they're just going to sell him to slavery, toss him in a cistern, and then sell him to Egypt. <clears throat> or I'm sell glad him. That's not how we do. Hope. How family dynamics <laughs> yeah, work. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds like some of the stuff your older brother did to you were, was pretty close. Actually. Um, so, uh, but then you know you see like Joseph has these massive dreams, and he gets thrown in a well and sold into slavery, and you think, okay, how on earth is this going to turn out? And like zoom in on that portion of your life right now, like you are think you're going one way, and then you get completely derailed. And you think, how on earth is this going to ever... I'm in a well right now. Or I've got ropes tied around my hand. I'm being taken to, you know, a foreign land. Or I thought I wanted to do this in my career, but now I'm going in a completely different direction. And I don't know how that happened. You know, it doesn't seem like I'm going to meet these goals. And then he goes and he gets put in the place uh, where he can work hard and show honor to the people that are over him. And then he gets honored. And then he goes back down into this massive waiting period um, and he gets thrown in jail for something he didn't do, you know, mm-hmm. mistreated. And I think life does that. Like life beats you down at times, especially when you're flying high and he was, you know, like he was doing well for himself, but his dreams were still greater than the position he was in. And it seemed like he would never, you know, accomplish those. And he gets thrown in jail. And again, you're like, how the heck is it ever going to turn out the way that I thought it was going to? And then right at, you know, this kind of breaking point, it seems like out of, you know, random circumstances, he gets pulled into, you know, Pharaoh's court or whatever and is the second in command of all of Egypt. But I just think, you know, not that I'm going to like do anything like that, but I think that, uh, um, I think that you can apply the lessons there and really resonate with these ups and downs of life that seem like they're leading you in different directions than you ever thought. Um, But if you kind of lean into them, and what I realized about Joseph is his gift was leadership, and that's what his dream was. Mm -hmm. And regardless if he was in jail, regardless if he was in slavery, regardless if he was leading Egypt, or his second in command of uh, Egypt, Mm -hmm. he was always using his gift. Um, And so there we go. There's all of the internal processing that I've been doing over the past several months uh and an example of a story that i like have to just remind myself like sometimes i'm just like joseph dude like look at what this guy did and look at the lows that like thank god you've never had to experience you know getting thrown in jail for things you didn't do or you know like getting sold into slavery or something like those are some lows um and crazy hard waiting periods yeah i mean i think for me like i get so i'm I have an inner monologue all the time. Like, no, I'm not like schizo or whatever. But like, yeah. I have an inner, like, constantly just, and it's like you get so deep in this funnel of thinking that you, you have to bring yourself back and be like, okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just me. I think seeing a start and an end of a story that you maybe resonate with comforts you at times because it allows you to see that even in those like micro moments of that story mm-hmm. there you, you can still see the end of that and then you can relate that to your life like okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna get out of this in yeah. some way it's not gonna know? be not gonna be the worst yeah do you feel like um god maybe pulls you into those slower paces to get you to wait on him yeah i think if you're not practicing that already that he'll do that for you um, he'll pull you into a time of rest or a time of reflection. Um, because if you don't, like, how are you going to build the character in yourself in order to actually do what you want to do when that moment comes? Yeah. Um, if you don't know, you know, what it's like to wait, 
um, then how do you know to appreciate or to, you know, use the time when you're done waiting for what it really is, like the gift of what it is. Um, and so I, it's like everything, you know, like I think you don't know good without evil or, you know, you don't know like the high without the low. And I think you don't know the gift of like a moment without waiting for it a lot of times. So for you, can you kind of expand on your, your, your periods of needing rest? Cause you've mm-hmm. talked about that with me before um, mm-hmm. in conversation, but you know, what, what seasons of rest have you gone through and what have you, what have you learned through that? Yeah, that's, that's been huge. And I think, um, <laughs> one of the differences that Nick and I have found through our friendship is Nick being an introvert processes and inwardly. And so his motor's going where my motor is pretty external, you know, and so it's Nick and my other roommate look at me and go, hey, you don't have to be doing anything on Sunday afternoon. Like, you can take a rest. Like, don't be working on a side project. Don't be thinking about Monday morning. Like, just just be. And that was really that was really tough. Mm-hmm. So I think you, again, you, you almost want to work your way through it. And that's sometimes not how it works. Yeah. Um, you want to almost have that semblance of control of saying, okay, well, if, at least I'm doing something. That may not actually be getting you anywhere. There might be something deeper to be developed. And so for me, the journey that God's brought me on over the last six months, kind of a year, and I know Libby, we've we've talked about this before um, in the sense of a spiritual mentor of mine shared this image of a pendulum. So, you know, a pendulum swings back and forth naturally in that it kind of swings back and forth between rest on one side and, and work on the other. And that we as humans like we need it to swing back we can't do what our society and what we're so tempted to do i think especially in america who's a very work first culture whatever your definition of work is sometimes Mm -hmm. that means hey i'm working at a relationship too hard sometimes that means i'm working at my job too much sometimes that means i'm working out too much and i'm becoming physically ill or but we try to push that pendulum up one side and yeah. we, we don't want to let it come down. But what the only thing that's going to happen is it's going to crash. You're going to come and you're going to swing above healthy. You know, you're um, going to be in a bad spot. You want to keep that pendulum in the middle, these nice tight swings. Mm-hmm. And so the pendulum works kind of on three different levels. It works uh, kind of daily rhythms that we can be in. It can be weekly rhythms. So, hey, we, we all need to take a, a weekend to rest. We need to actually let ourselves uh, kind of recharge and then it can be seasonal rhythms whether that's literally I've had people say hey this whole season these years of my life these five years were all one season or another where I right. felt like I was being productive and I was seeing a lot of if you want to use like a harvest you know type mentality like a lot of fruit or harvest and then this whole other was kind of rest or preparation is usually associated with that and um, so, but even seasons for us, whether that's with the actual seasons or months of our lives. Yeah. So just kind of, I think acknowledging first that our lives are ruled by that helps mm-hmm. you then say, okay, that's okay. And I think that when I see and read things that, you know, that CEOs work an average of 80 hours a week, I just, I've come to not respect that because I think that's, uh, that's unhealthy. And I think then you look at the lives that they build and, and what is their inner contentment. And, and a lot of times, I think we find out with a lot of famous and high-profile people, it's way lower than what we would want it to be. And so how do we live different then? How do we engineer and think about our lives differently? So I've, I've kind of personally been on a journey um, 
over, over the fall, I actually walked away from a job. Still great people. I love the company, but had a period where I was unemployed for a couple months. I just got to have so much time to really look at my motives and my rhythms and my what my heart desired and how I was going about that. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. Like I will forever be thankful for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was truly a gift from God, even though it was one of the most confusing directionless times and in some ways was multiple steps backwards and not forward. But I think as I start to kind of embrace that concept of, okay, hey, this is a season of rest I need to enter into, and I can fight it all I want, but I need it. And, and as I be- learn to embrace it, I feel like I've only been healthier going forward and yeah. in, in all the different aspects, and it allows me to take a lot of pressure off myself. It allows me to enjoy life more because just in any given day, in any given week, you don't have to be on. You don't have to be performing. There doesn't have to be something I show at the end of the day to say, hey, I had this many points. You know, give me a gold star. So um, it's definitely kind of a rewiring and a letting go, but you kind of start to fall into those um, healthy, almost natural rhythms that I think we were made to be in. Um, in your waiting, what types of things do you feel like the world has put pressure on you? To feel or do and then how have you responded to that whether through your relationship with god or just you know the different things that you were just talking about right now yeah i mean i think the one i think it's really easy to to look around and it's great to have mentors uh, i think those are huge i mean it's great to see other people that are successful but i think also we we feel the weight of their lives more than we should so as I see people who are 10 and 20 years ahead of me and I right. long to be the freedom, the travel, the money, the status, the company that they are with or, or own, <clears throat> let's be honest, I'm, I'm 26. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to give myself the freedom to say, hey, my 20s and, and really this season, whatever, however many years it is, is to, to build skills, to build solid relationship and really... Or it's for character development. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to be? Where do I want to pour my life into to make the world better, to make it people around me better? Um, but I think we soak or so we're such a microwave culture. We want to just microwave it and have it and yeah. have the award and have the you know the money and um, and when really life is more like farming. We gotta you gotta plant and you gotta and this is city boy saying it, but boy they tell me <laughs> you have to plant. <laughs> And, you know, you have to prepare the ground and you have to... Well, my dad, like my dad farms, so he would, he would so we'll directly... So as, as the expert. But it's not quick. And yeah. you can't tomorrow say, oh, I want to harvest. But if you do the work, you'll have an immense harvest. And I think there has to be some trust in that. And I think that's why things like this, why I was so excited for, for this time with you is because I look at you as being one of the people that say, hey... Here's someone out here that's doing it, that's pressing in, that's that's trying to make a difference on the people around her. And like, Libby, that's an encouragement to me. And we don't have Thanks. to be, yeah, <laughs> we don't have to be where we're not. But if we're not just being faithful to the work that is in front of us, yeah, then we're not going to have that harvest. But again, we can't, we can't skip a step. Is there someone that you've known personally who's gone a direction that you feel like isn't healthy for them and you've had to wait for them to back, like take a different direction and what did that you know what was that waiting like for you i think for me i mean even yesterday i was sitting at a coffee shop with a guy who was thinking about a career change 
And it seemed to be, I liked a lot of what he was saying because he was trying to think, okay, what, what skills do I have? What would really make me maybe happier? And then the concept of money came up and it just kind of seemed like a red flag of, okay, yeah, you might go make a little bit more money here and now. You have a life to live. Like, and if you'll just be dedicated to building skills every day and doing a good job, it's like this guy's already been promoted within the last couple months to like a new area. And I think that it's tough to want to say, just trust it. Like you almost want to just grab her by the shoulder and be like, just mm-hmm. like be be consistent and, and don't kind of definitely don't chase the money. Absolutely not. Uh, because ultimately like the money will come when you're in the place of your deepest passion. I mean, like you're going to unlock the best, the most that you have to give, which is going to impact the most people when you're truly in what you care about. And that sometimes takes time to find. And I think that that's, you got to give yourself that grace because I think a lot of people go and get a lot of experiences and go to school and they still don't, they still don't know that. And the world continues to ask that of them. And that's kind of what life is about, just continuing to find and refine that. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to look around at people and read books about people that looks like that they knew from the beginning. And they, they really didn't know. <laughs> They're figuring it as they go. And even the mentors that Nick and I have, they'll tell us that. They're like, yeah, on paper, that looks like a really linear career path. But I, was, I had no clue where it was going. Yeah. What about for you? I think one thing that just made me, that Chris said... Um, I think the concept of being super fulfilled in your job and being really, really passionate about it is also something that's new to our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, and it's an unrealistic expectation for all of your life. You're not going to be, and I'm saying this from a place where I am really uh, thankful and like feel very blessed that I have the job that I have, but I also realize that if you set yourself up for that and like, you're going to be super unhappy at different times. And I think our generation gets sometimes into this waiting game because they think that you have to be like 1000% fulfilled in your life's passion through your job um, all the time. And it's just not like work is work and like, it's yeah. going to be fun sometimes. And then You're it's supposed really going to gonna suck. Yeah. Or it's not work. <clears throat> yeah. So I think that uh, honestly, triggers some of this whole conversation the waiting conversations because people get and I'm guilty of this I'm saying this as a guilty person of this mindset but you get these grandiose ideas about your career and like that you're going to feel this incredible feeling of um, fulfillment and uh, or like just massive purpose Mm -hmm. from whatever you're doing and then it causes you to be impatient to get to that feeling just a random side thought. Um, but I remember thinking about one of my best friends um, from high school. And he and I just went completely different d- directions in college. Um, like lifestyle, friends, all that stuff just went completely different directions. And I really love him uh, as like one of my best friends, you know, just awesome dude. And I knew his heart and his character. And um he was just living in a different way and, and also, you know, knew that as well. Um, and that is just a painful process to watch someone and then to watch them kind of struggle through and suffer from some choices that they've made for years to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's like, 
as far as relationships go, that's probably the immediate one that jumps out in my mind is just like feeling pain and hurt towards someone or hurt for someone that they can't change or you can't change, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they've gone or now that they, you know, want to live a different way, kind of dealing with the stuff there. And so I think some, it makes me realize that some things in life, like, are just kind of tough. Um, yeah. And you just kind of have to, like, struggle through um, and just kind of, like, trudge, like, one foot in front yeah. of the next. Um but exactly what you're saying too, like the benefit is you can do that with people. And if you are, then it's a little bit easier, a lot easier. I'm impatient for change in myself. I see something that I want to be or that I want to do um, or a skill I want to have. And I can become a little bit uh, obsessive with that certain thing. Like I, you know, I want to know everything about this. I want it to be built in, if it's a habit, you know, like I want to build that habit in and have it, you know, mastered or yeah. whatever. And just like, as soon as I see it, if it's something that, and you know, some of those things are varying degree of interest uh, or obsession. And, um, <laughs> you know, like you, you kind of see something that you want to do or you want to be or a skill you want to have and you are impatient to see that built into your life or to have uh, mastered yeah. Um, and so I think that's where I see the biggest frustration at times. I'm just like, man, I wish I could do this by now. Like I'm working at this, but it's also just like, uh, just so petulant, you know, like it's like a little kid wanting to be, you know, I don't know, a grown up or something yeah. and takes You don't want to be at a kid's table anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's what I thought of. It's so good to reflect and think about how much more okay I am with, with waiting for some of it. Yeah. But I think ultimately for me, some of it is wanting to, especially knowing that I'm, what, four months into this current job, mm-hmm. I really want it to microwave just influence and people trusting my heart when I spoke up and said things, microwave my understanding of some of the dynamics, mm-hmm. both interpersonal and systems and how things work together and some of the problems yeah. and challenges. And, um, you know, I can't get a splash drive and download that information that takes time to build that with people. Right. And I think it's to have the mindset of, hey, every day I need to think about okay, how can I impact this person or how can I be aware of how either I'm being perceived or how the whole thing is working together. Um, but I would definitely love, I mean, <laughs> definitely love to be able to microwave some of that because sometimes you feel you're there before I think your environment feels you're there mm-hmm. and that's that's tough two questions one being can you think of one hard waiting phase in your life that you've gone through and what you learned in that in that period of time yeah I mean um, I had it's one phase, but there's many different, like A, B, and C of it. Um, so graduated from college, wanted to do, actually this is even before I graduated from college, wanted to do a particular type of job in the healthcare industry. Um, and it's extremely hard to get this type of job as a, um, <clears throat> at that point, not even graduated uh, student and have it lined up for when you graduate doing like device sales and working with medical devices. Mm -hmm. And um, so I ended up getting another job offer 
that was a different direction. Um, but uh, like it seemed, you know, like a really great company. It was a really great place for me to work right out of school. Um, so I worked there for a while and, uh, you know, again, like you learn how to work hard in different ways, kind of like exercise new muscles, uh, that you didn't know you had. And, um, then just started feeling, uh, kind of pulled in another direction. Not sure what that was exactly what direction that was. Um, but had some type of guidance there and then ended up getting an opportunity to work abroad, uh, with a church, um, in a, down in South America. So that like right there was about three different waiting periods <laughs> and it's still not even to the overarching theme of this waiting period, but there was the point where I like started feeling pulled in another direction and didn't know at all where to go with that. So I had to wait for clarity to know where that even was. And then once I understood that I wanted to work abroad, then I had to wait as I explored other opportunity or like trying to find, you know, the right opportunity. Then once I got this internship offered to me in Lima, Peru, I had like two months that I had to wait after I knew that I got it and like also had to finish up the job I was in. So I had to wait to move down there. So like that's a weird place to be like knowing you have to transition to a completely different culture and lifestyle and all this stuff but you're still like kind of preparing for that transition then I got to Lima and I was there for like nine months and that was that was what I thought was going to be like a very and it was a ton of developmental stuff like I learned a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. but overall that was like a huge waiting period that was like a nine month like slow down, learn, you know, all these things and enjoy the exact place, however great or terrible it is. You know, like if you're stuck in the middle of a, in, of a jungle, which at one point I was stuck in a boat for 36 hours and like you build in this little Pocahontas canoe and what? like we were in this swamp like 11 hours from the little port and you just kind of like push a level it's like inception you're like a level deeper and deeper and deeper into waiting and even though these are small moments they're like even more trying than the overall nine months of like being down there and not really knowing you know what um what you're gonna do after that so anyways how did you get stuck in a boat can you tell me (laughs) can you tell that first so we uh were going we flew to this like jungle port city um, on one of the main tributaries of the Amazon River. We we're going to see this village that was like an 11 hour yeah. um, canoe ride to or from that port city. And it's literally like a wooden, like a dugout canoe um, with this homemade engine on the back. And so 10 hours in, we had to get like take a shortcut because you have to get off of the river mm-hmm. before it's dark because they said there's it sounds like peter pan but there's alligators and or caimans and uh pirates (laughs) and so we're like okay whatever and so we pull off into this area they're like oh this will be a shortcut we pull in start going through like this jungle forest that's completely swamped and there's no one around like you're it's not like you have cell service or anything like you're in the middle of nowhere and then we got stuck on this floating bed of reeds 
and so we're like trying to push ourselves out and it starts getting dark and all the Peruvians get back in the boat and they're like, you can't get in, it's too dangerous. And then so we end up sleeping in this boat, uh, this wooden boat. And it was, uh, since the reeds were all around us, it was the only like dry place. It was infested with tarantulas. <laughs> and so you had to basically just like sit in this moment and know that there's absolutely nothing you can do. That there is like danger around you but like, there's nothing you can do about it. And there's nothing you can do to move it forward. There's nothing you can do to pull yourself back out of that. And you just kind of have to control your mind and not let it run crazy. Um, and What were you telling yourself in the middle of those 36 hours? Uh, uh, I was just saying, I, I was just trying to think about the next thing. Yeah. You know, like I, when we got stuck, I said, okay, how can I help guide these guys to like move this boat? Like. Yeah physics help them put you know boards under it and then after that didn't work i'm like okay next step is how do i get in this hammock enough to where i'm not getting eaten alive by mosquitoes the whole night um and then once i you know am there i'm like okay now how do i go to sleep until the sun like how do i get to sunrise and then after sunrise they said okay everyone in the water or like all the guys get in the water help us push this thing so i'm like okay how do i focus on just pushing this boat and meanwhile there's like always tarantulas on you um so how do i focus on this one thing while we're trying to do you know like overall move this boat forward and then uh a boat showed up from the village you're supposed to be at like an hour and a half away is where they were and they (laughs) It was like a scene from Titanic. Um, it was so terrible. This is where this is the only time where I thought ah, I may die. Um, they started shouting. They're in like smaller dugout canoes, and they start shouting "Mujeres y niños," and so they're like saying "women and children" <laughs> into their boat. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "There it is. That sounds like Titanic. I'm gonna stay here forever and die." And because we had like exerted ourselves so hard, we we're basically out of water. Um, so they load everyone in, and at this point, I'm like, okay, it's an hour and a half there, it's an hour and a half back. They'll be back in like three hours and 15 minutes or so, you know? And that's what they said, too. And so then, you know, at this point, you're stuck, and you're like, okay, can't move this big boat forward, but in three hours, I'll have help. So how do I sit here and wait for three hours while everyone else is gone? There's like six of us at this point, point. there was 25. Everybody else got on the boat. Somehow there's enough room there. Um, and so, um, how do I wait, you know, those three hours? Well, then three hours goes by and it's like, okay, how do I wait four? And then four hours goes by and then you're like, okay, it's getting darker or it's like getting to the evening now. Um, and then five and a half hours later they showed up and we all, cause everyone was out of the boat at that point and all this stuff was unloaded. We could push it and then, yeah, an hour and a half later we brushed up against the clay there in uh in the village and it was over but you basically just kind of have to super focus in on what's the next step and not let your mind run to the end end result that you have no idea if you could be there or not like you have no idea if you're going to be at the village you have no idea if you're going to die you have no control over that but what you can focus on is getting in your hammock and you can focus on trying to make it to you know like sunrise or whatever which seems super dramatic but like in your mind you're just like okay the next thing that the next milestone is sunrise and so i'm just gonna wait until then so that was like a micro moment in that overall season of i'm down in lima peru i have no direction of where i want to go 
um, and I'm trying to learn and just listen. And then healthcare had always been what I wanted to do. And so I just decided like, okay, I'm going to look for this type of job when I come back. And like, I feel like this is where I'm being guided. And all of a sudden, you know, like I'm very clearly passionate about a very specific type of job and role. And I came back and you have this moment or these moments where you just want to apply to tons of different stuff that doesn't fit into your vision just so you can move, feel like you're moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, there were some moments where I was weak and I maybe applied to a couple jobs that I knew were not what I was interested in. Thank goodness I never mm-hmm. got called for those. Um, and then there was one job that um, I applied for and actually got rejected by mistake. And then I got uh, interviewed <laughs> after that and I ended up getting it. And it's like the biggest blessing in my career that I like could have never imagined um, I would get. Uh but I also wouldn't have had clear vision of exactly what I wanted had I not mm-hmm. gone through all of those like little moments of waiting and trying to like just focus on the next step of building character, or building trust, or building you know patience, patience, patience. Um, yeah. So while Nick was waiting in the boat, what were you? Waiting? <laughs> what were you waiting on? <laughs> On on him to come back alive, hopefully. Actually, I was waiting to go visit him. That was that was a fun yeah. trip. I'm glad I did not get stuck in any boats uh, while we were down there in Lima. But I think for me, I'll, I'll just go back to again the last kind of last fall for me. Um, just so many things that I think I learned with kind of additional introspection, with being able to just journal more, um, mm-hmm. think with some more space about, okay, hey, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Sometimes having to dig down below that. So again, if in the business world, the points are, you know, money, and it's very easy to compare, Mm -hmm. hey, your title or your, hey, this person makes this much money, I would think, and so I feel behind um, to kind of say, okay, well, why is that your thing? And so often we're, we're really just looking for love or acceptance or connection mm-hmm. and as I literally like kind of continue to say okay well why do you want that okay well then why do you want that and I kind of drilled down to realizing that that's what a lot of it was was just desire to to be fully known and fully loved and um, spiritually I think that really drove me to my relationship with Jesus and just like having time to say okay God I realize that there's I'm not trusting in these elements and these aspects of, of my career and and please just fill up the like the voids there's there's holes here and yeah. and, and you you can fill them like you have enough love and and I, I can trust you you've been you've been faithful in the past and so then I think um you just start to reveal things so would you say that there are certain areas of waiting that are especially hard for you that make other areas of waiting harder than they should be. Does that make sense? So, like, if you're waiting on one particular thing, mm-hmm. and then there's this also thing that you're waiting on that's really not that big of a deal, but because of this other thing, it makes it harder? I think, yeah, I think there's a compounding effect there. Yeah. And so we are frustrated about one thing, and then it's hard for me to wait in line for coffee. You know, because you're, and you don't realize in the background, it's kind of like your apps on your phone. You have all these other things that you just feel like, so no wonder you feel like there's so much going in the back of your head. But at the end of the day, what do we really want? We, we it's it's all internal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I've said that so much lately. Is 
the answer is almost always internal. How can you become okay with yourself? And, you know, if you have a relationship with, with God, you know, spiritually, okay, how do I become okay right. in that sense? And once that's okay, it actually frees you up to interact way differently. So it's like, man, I don't have to be upset when, you know, my boss lets me down or I don't have to freak out when the promotion is delayed or I don't have to worry when I'm, you know, single and looking for a relationship. All mm-hmm. these things then become yeah. easier. But I think that there, it, it really does require probably more stillness and harder questions that we ask ourselves than we're usually willing to because yeah. we're scared of what we're going to find. And we generally think either I can't stop because I have too much to do or I don't want to stop because I don't really want to look at what's in my heart and some of the turmoil that may be going on in the surface. I think sometimes it's there without us even realizing it that we do have some of the kind of latent just stress. There's just a real power in just being present. And even as like we've talked about the concept of the waiting room, there's not a lot you can do there except Mm -hmm. be present. But I think that there is being physically present and then being like emotionally, mentally, spiritually present are two very different things. It's way harder to practice the other. So it's like even in your career, Okay, are you going to work and doing the things, or are you really paying attention to, you know, I mean, heck, I, names are coming to mind, but to, to the woman who whose mom is sick. You pay attention to the guy who is really upset today. You don't know why. You don't, you don't know that he just had a fight with his girlfriend. Are you really paying attention to these keys that people are giving off? And... I, the, the phrase keeps coming to mind, all tasks are a means to build a relationship. And so as we go about and you realize, yeah, you're working with these people and you're doing things, but they're all actually just such a, a gift to say, hey, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this together. Even if it's a task that your boss has given you and you're going to come back around and do it, hey, that is, you're building trust and relationship with your boss or with mm-hmm. your coworker to say, hey, I, I care about you. I don't want to let you down. Like, and let me go over and above. And then while I do it, how about I care for you even outside of what the task is? And I think that there's, yeah, there's just multiple different kinds of present. And so often we just, we, we check you in. You write it off, yeah. And there's, there's way deeper. Life, life is, as our mentor Joe says, like, life is so much harder than we expect it to be, I think. I think we think we're going to hit this plateau and we're just going to hit easy street. I think as you're looking back at yourself, I think one thing that's good to remember is reflecting on growth. Mm-hmm. I think it's so hard, again, especially in elements where you're not measured, to really see the growth that's, that is happening. And I think it's just believing that, hey, over time, if you continue to be present and you continue to show up like 360, like all of you show up. And then, then it doesn't have to be compared to your standards of what the measurement should be. Right. You know? right. Well, and it's like going on that same, this is what I'm thinking as well, going on that same metaphor, sometimes like the roots are growing and you really have no way of seeing mm. that the, you know, That's like true. the tree is growing or the plant's growing. Like there's underneath growth that there's no, you will never know unless, you know, that's like dug up, but you know, it's, I don't know where that goes with the metaphor, yeah. but. Um, well, I think, no, but I think like we get in this habit, like I know just from, I, I mean, I love to learn. I just all the time. And so I think you get in this trap of thinking you really do know. Mm the answer to everything and then I think waiting reminds you that you, you don't mm-hmm. you don't you can only do so much planning you can, you can only mm-hmm. do so much strategizing and moving and you know the thing, stressing 
the thing I've been thinking about recently that I feel like is a major key to happiness um, or contentment is a better word, I think. Uh, contentment in life is if I can take that cliche quote of like, it's not the destination, it's the journey or whatever there, whatever that is. If I can actually apply that to my life and say like, I am content in seeing that it is the day in and day out journey of life not these milestones that are like the actual joys of life Mm -hmm. then like how can you be impatient because you're doing what your purpose is of living like to build character or to build you know patience or whatever it is to build whatever skill and it's in that kind of drudgery at times of life that would actually be most satisfying if you looked at it that way like if you're able to flip right and that's how like sometimes i think what you were saying earlier of focus if like one thing you're waiting on kind of blows up and makes something else that you're impatient about i think it can also work in the opposite way where if you're patient in one area like patience trickles down Mm -hmm. and so if i'm focused on like being patient in life then i've noticed like i don't get pissed off if you know, someone cuts me off and I'm trying to like hit a light or something like that. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this is just another, it's another thing. This is going to happen all the time. If I'm going to freak out about this, like I'm going to be pretty unhappy for the rest of my life. Yeah. But if I can be patient in these small things as well, and that comes from the larger thought of like being patient in whatever mm-hmm. stage you're in or, you know, waiting, whatever, content to wait. I've told like a couple people just like <clears throat> one thing that I've done is like, day to day there have been times like where I get to work and I'm like I'm not gonna be be able to get through this like next hour or whatever and then 15 minutes pass by and I completely forgot about feeling that and it's like you just got through 15 minutes it's fine like so it's like you have to like train your mind to not go crazy not estimate how long you can wait Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) um lastly is there an area or two in your life that you're currently waiting on and how are you dealing with that I don't know if there's an area I'm not waiting on. <laughs> I don't know if I ever will be at a point where there's an area where I'm not waiting on something or there's not something I'm waiting on in every area. I hope that probably never happens um, because I constantly want to be moving forward in every area of my life. But I also constantly want to be building that patience and character in that the growth period is not the end. Like the growth period happens in waiting. And so I hope in every area of my life I am waiting some way because that means I'm growing in that um, whatever you know yeah. character is being built there to get me to that end result that I'm aiming for. It's not a, it's not a specific answer there for you. <laughs> uh, I think that's exactly true though. I mean, yeah. Um, and partly to buy you time. And if you don't want to get specific, that's fine. I'm just digging like my journalistic self. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's, I truly do mean like, like name an area. Um, we've talked about career. Waiting. Um, (laughs) career you're waiting. Yeah. Um, is there an area of health that you're waiting in? Yeah. I'm trying to, uh. I'm trying to get ripped, you know, build that six pack. <laughs> I was Love eating it. ice cream right before this, but you know, uh, 
I'm waiting, um, trying to build in healthier habits and waiting to see the long-term results of those. (laughs) (laughs) Probably waiting my whole life for that. Um, Relationships? Waiting. I mean, it's like... Yeah. And it's like, okay, so... Again, maybe for people that, like, don't want kids or something, but I still think it's probably, there's another goal within that, but, like, you get in a relationship, and then the next step's probably to get engaged, and the next step, and you're waiting on that, and then the next step is to get, you know, married, and then the next step is maybe to buy a house or have a family or get a dog or whatever, and so I just feel like you can be, I I am starting to realize there's never an end to waiting. And so if you can master being content in whatever stage you're at, then you will be able to be content and you'll also be able to continue growing as well. Because the the people that can't handle the waiting period are the ones that I feel like don't grow. Mm. Yeah. Because they can't like be in the place of waiting to get to the next thing and so they just focus on like okay i'm here and i'm gonna stay here and that way i don't have to deal with like the pain or the annoyance or the um heartache of waiting to the for something that you're reaching for what about for you i think nick's words are are really wise that in life we There's always something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the sooner that we can enjoy the day-to-day, even enjoy the struggle part of it, like to say, hey, this is good. Like I'm, you know, I'm working at it. Um, the sooner that we'll actually like just get so much, I, I think Nick's word of contentment is is the right word because definitely goes, for sure, lives and just the way we're built, like it's up and down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's seasonal, it's cyclical. Yeah. Like, and if it wasn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have joy. Like we wouldn't have high points because there'd be nothing to compare it to. So I think for me, as I got impatient with uh, some of my, my job and the role that I'm in, I think it was really good for me to take it back to one, to reflect and look mm-hmm. at, Hey, where I've come and how much I do enjoy what I'm doing yeah. and focus. Like if I'm trying to be specific so that like, we're not just talking generalities, like focus on like specific tasks and ways that I can be helpful. Say, okay, hey, this is the, where my biggest impact lies. And some of that's with the direct people around you. The, the biggest way that I'm gonna change the day or the week of my immediate people that I've had the most contact with, and you gotta identify that and you say, okay, that's X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna be excellent, or I'm gonna work until I get to be excellent mm-hmm. in X, Y, and Z. And I've started to see some of the fruit of that, of people saying, hey, thank you for doing this. Thank you for going the extra mile here. Thanks for explaining that to me. I'm new to the team. And again, just remember there's a human element in all of it. And as you start to see, oh, wow, I'm not just here to do this. You know, I'm one person, but all these lives that just naturally we're going to interact with. And you may be helping them with their waiting period. Right. And so as you feel that connection and you acknowledge that, Mm because so often we just... We're productivity minded just as a culture. And so, hey, I'm going to hand this to you. Okay, you go and do this now. When, man, that, that whole task is an opportunity for so much interaction. And even if it's slow and even if it's small things, if you are intentional, it'll be noticed. And that can bring you a sense of purpose within, again, a job that is inherently going to be flawed. It's inherently not going to be perfect. Yeah. But your purpose and your connection as a human, like, your satisfaction goes, goes way, way up. So I think... Yeah, I think that definitely from a career standpoint, 
that is something that helps me to wait every day while still moving forward. And just like we talked about the, you don't really see a tree growing, but man, when you come back a year later and you go back home and you're like, oh, I haven't been here and you see how different a place is. Or, but I think it's so good to be able to look back and say that because otherwise you won't see the growth. And you yeah. can say, oh wow, I just grew a lot over the last year. And they would say, okay, how can, I, how can I grow even more? You know, how can I be even more present? But if you don't stop and look, then you just kind of feel like, oh, I'm at the same place I am. And Libby, we all know, like, we're at a very different place than we were when we met, oh, you know, yeah. three years ago. But yeah. I think I mean, it's, I easy to be- it's easy to <laughs> believe the lies. I'm in the exact lies. same place. It's easy huh? to believe the lies. <laughs> I said I'm in the exact same place. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I think, like, for me, there are certain things that I was uncomfortable with. Hmm. it's certain areas of my life and now I'm not uncomfortable with those things because yeah. I just right. kind of muddled my way through it you know because you kept showing up kept, <laughs> you kept, kept doing up. it again even you though it probably felt it. bad and you don't you don't care if you're like bad at it you just you just keep keep going yeah I had a mentor say keep your learning curve as steep as possible like that's that's gonna be where it's at keep like, bobbing and weaving Maybe that's it's a too. boxing term. You just keep, you know, you're gonna absorb is that, is some that, blood. That, that your areas of a that's uh, that's what health health. That's what our mentor said to me once. He said, "Oh, I thought guy. that was like the." Health He's thing like, you keep job. working hard and you learn a lot, and you you know you bob and weave and and you just get there. I'm like, well, if that's what got you to where you are, I'll just start. I'm gonna bob and weave for the rest of my life. That sounds great. <laughs> Bobbing and weaving. Thanks for joining me this weekend for another episode of the Waiting Room series. If you enjoyed our conversation, subscribe here on Apple Podcasts and write a review. Visit LibbyOlerich.com slash The Waiting Room to sign up for my weekly newsletter with updates on new episodes and other content. I'm Libby Olerich, the host and producer of the Waiting Room series. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and week ahead.